So today I'm just going to talk really um, from my heart um, and really on the topic of fatherhood and being a dad. Um, it's really uh, probably one of the greatest joys of my life. Um, it's one of the greatest honors of my life. Um, obviously, I've told stories of how my dad left when I was young. And uh, I really feel in life you can choose to be the victim in life or you can choose the word of God and say these are God's promises and I'm going to stand in God's promises and I'm not going to live And the junk that the enemy brought in my life, and I'm going to be who God's called me to be. And so it is my privilege to be a dad and to love my kids and to work hard for them. And so I'm just going to share about being a dad today. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, put up the picture. Obviously, I, uh, if you don't know, I have three boys, Luke, Ben, and Michael. Michael is 13. Uh, ben is eight, and Luke is a awesome three-year-old uh, right now. And uh, put up the next picture. And so this is uh, mini me, okay, right here. All right, this is this is mini me. Um, whatever comes to his mind, he says. Okay, I promise you, um, he's just the uh, spitting image of me. Um, his middle name, um, his middle name is Jeffrey. Uh, that's actually my name, and. Um, Jeffrey actually stands uh, for the son of my right hand, and he really, really is. And so um, I was thinking about him the other day, and I remember this story of a couple years ago. We first moved down, and uh, we were starting the church, and um, we were building tables and making tables. And, um, and so it was just a really long, hard week, and um, I remember Shannon and Christina told us about this restaurant called Bag of Nails where kids ate free. And so we were like, let's go to Bag of Nails tonight. And so we got everybody in the car and we took Matt and Levi with us and we just wanted to bless them. They were working super hard. And so we went to dinner that night at Bag of Nails and we got done. And, and on the way to Bag of Nails, Ben was complaining about that he had like no coat and he really didn't he didn't he had like no coat and it was getting cold and he was going to the bus stop and he was super cold in the morning and so I was like all right you know like we'll stop by Walmart and get you a coat you know and so we went to bag of nails and uh we ate and then I remembered hey we got to go to Lowe's because we got to get like more stripper and sanding stuff we got tables to do and so we went to Lowe's and like sure enough like um we just didn't have enough time, okay? Anybody remember, like, your dad promising you something growing up and then it just didn't happen, you know? And so I'm like, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. You know, like, we can't go to Walmart tonight and get a new coat. And Ben is, like, the king of, like, instant tears, okay? I mean, like, I promise you, like, I mean, like, it will happen in a heartbeat. It'll just be, like, streaming. And so he is, like, streaming tears, and he's like, Dad, I want a coat. You promised me a coat. You said we go to Walmart and get a coat. And I'm like, buddy, I'm sorry. Like, we just ran out of time. We can't get a coat. And now it's from tears to straight meltdown moment. You know what I mean? As a parent, do you understand what I'm talking about? Just extreme, like, I mean, like, 
like on the ground, laying there, sobbing, snots flowing, you know what I mean? And he's going, Dad, you said, you said. And so, you know, it's a really like stressful time in our life already. And now Ben is having this meltdown. And so, you know, Matt doesn't do well with stress. So when there's stressful moments, Uncle Matt actually goes into funny mode, okay? And so like, we're like in the car and Matt goes, did you say you want a boat, you know? And we're like, oh yeah, a boat, you know? Ben, do you want a coat? We're like, Ben, do you want a boat? And he's like, no, I said I want a coat, dad, you know what I mean? I'm like, you sure you don't want a boat? And then Matt was like, hey Ben, do you want a goat? You know what I mean? And we're like, and now Ben's like, no, I don't want a goat, you know, and, and then Matt goes, hey, Ben, do you want a root beer float, you know, and, and it's just, I mean, it's just like, we're going to new levels and new levels, and Ben is just sobbing, you know, and I'm like, hey, Ben, I'm sorry, I don't know where I can go buy you a goat, and he's like, Dad, why are you making fun of me now, you know, and, and as a dad, it was one of those moments where it was just hilarious, I'm just going to be honest, you know what I mean, like, it's just one of those meltdown moments, and you just go, I don't to do with laugh right now like this is incredibly funny but at the same time as a dad the desire of my heart the desire of good fathers with their children is to look at their children and go how can I bless you I want you blessed and I want you well taken care of and I want you to thrive in life and how do I know this because this is God's heart as a good father as a good father, he never wants anything but for you to be blessed and to thrive, to experience God's goodness and for you to find your promised lands. This is the heart of God our Father. And so this is my heart. But sometimes this isn't always exactly how it completely looks. So go with me to Matthew uh, chapter 26. And uh, we're going to look at verses 36 through 46. Uh, this is the story of Jesus going to the Garden of Gethsemane right before he's about to go to the cross. And it says this in verse 36, Jesus led the disciples to an orchard called the oil press. He told them there, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took Peter, Jacob, and if you're wondering what Jacob is, that's just the true biblical name for James and, and John with him. However, instead of uh, however, an instant feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep despair. And Jesus said to them, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I am dying. Stay here and keep watch with me. Then he walked a short distance away. Overcome with grief, he threw himself face down on the ground and prayed, my father, if there's any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. Love seeing the humanity of Jesus. Love seeing that he wore flesh just like us. Love seeing that Jesus knew what it felt like to be overwhelmed. Love seeing that Jesus knew what grief and despair and sorrow and heartache felt like. I love seeing Jesus in the garden because when I see Jesus in the garden, I go, okay, yes, you are my king. You are the one that I can follow and trust because you've walked in my shoes. You've been in my position. You've gone through life as I go through life. But then Jesus says this, yet 
What I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plans for me. So even Jesus, as a son, is saying, God the Father, you have a plan for my life. Your plans are different than my plans. And I don't want my plans. I want yours, whatever those look like. It says this, an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Later, he came back to the three disciples and found them asleep. He awakened Peter and said, do you lack the strength to stay awake with me even for just an hour? I'm like, can we get an amen on that? I mean, how many times have you been in prayer and you fell asleep, you know? Yeah, you're all lying, okay, you're all liars. Verse 41, keep alert and pray that you will be spared from this time of testing that you should, you should have learned by now that your spirit is eager enough, but your humility is weak. Then he left for a second time to pray in isolation. He said to God, my father, is there, any, is there not any way you can deliver me from this suffering? Yet your will be done. Then he came back to the disciples and he found them asleep. With their, uh, and he said, couldn't you keep your eyes open? So they left him. Um, so he left them and went to pray, and he prayed the same prayer for the third time. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would lead and guide and direct us right now. Help us to understand what true fatherhood, true parenting really, truly looks like in your kingdom. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, three different types of love that I see here. Number one is the love of a father, the love of a son for his father, and the deep love and humility for humanity. And so the first one I want to talk about is the love of a father. As a father, I would do anything for my children. Anything. You need a kidney? Got it. Done. You need another body part? Good. Great. You got it. Money? Yeah, it's yours. I remember when we were really young. We just had Michael. Michael was probably three or four years old. And, you know, we had hardly any money. We're making it week to week. And I remember this feeling inside of me that I really, I think, felt from the Holy Spirit that I needed to make Friday mornings like this time with me and Michael to build memories with him. And so every Friday morning, I would get up with Michael and I would take him to Chuck E. Cheese and we'd get about 10 or $15 worth of tokens, and we would play all these games, which I had to pray over us every time we left, because Chuck E. Cheese is like a germaphobe heaven, you know what I mean? It's just germs and stickiness everywhere, and so we would go to Chuck E. Cheese, and then after we would go to Chuck E. Cheese, there was Toys R Us right next door, and we would go to Toys R Us, and we wouldn't get anything big, but we'd get some kind of little toy, like a G.I. Joe or something, and every Friday, this was was me and Michael's deal. This was my deal as a dad. And I remember like the moments that I had to decide like, okay, I have this little bit of money that I kind of squirrel away so that I can buy some Jordans, you know? And I remember as a father feeling like, you know what? They're just not important. What's important is my son. What's important is my family. 
What's important is taking care of them and building memories with them. And so if it was money, if it's energy, you know, when I get home uh, from work, I go to my second job called my boys, you know, my family. I get home and Luke wants to wrestle, you know. Luke wants to use me as a jungle gym. Ben, he wants to grab the computer. He wants me to teach him iMovie. He's been filming squirrels all day outside or birds or whatever, and he wants to put a movie together. You know, Michael is, you know, biting at the chomp. Hey, Dad, when are we going to play one-on-one? I want to play one-on-one. But the reality is this, anything, I'll do anything as a father for my children. The love of the Father really comes in a lot of different ways. And it's so interesting because we have this moment where a son is crying out to his father. Right? Jesus is a son and he's looking at his dad. He's going, Dad? Hey, Dad? I'm really scared right now. Hey, Dad? I'm really freaking out right now. Hey, Dad, I know because I'm God and your son and everything, I know what I'm about to go through. I know what's about to happen. And Dad, I don't know if I can do this. Dad, I don't know if I have the strength. He's crying out. Jesus is a son crying out to his father. And as a dad, if my son is crying out for me, going, Dad, I don't know if I can do this. Dad, I'm scared. Dad, I need your help. For me as a father, I would move heaven and earth to get to my kids to help them. But what's really interesting is this, and I really believe this, that it's not written in the Bible, but I don't think God the Father responds to Jesus. Isn't that interesting? God the Father is looking at his one and only son, crying out to him, not once, not two times, three times this happens. And God the Father is not responding. And, and, and for you, you might be thinking, okay, is he just a mean, tough old dad? You know? You know, I remember, you know, my uncle is my dad. And, and uh, he would... You know, people would ask him, like, hey, how you doing? He'd go, either he would say this, I'm old and fat, okay, that was his response, or I'm mean as a junkyard dog. And he wasn't, but he could be sometimes, you know? So God the Father, is he a tough old man, or is he, or is he just trying to really ignore Jesus in this moment? But, you know, I don't think it's either. I really believe it's this. I believe that God the Father was saying to his son, it's time for you to fulfill your purpose. And I think sometimes in our relationship with God, we're crying out to him, we're reaching to him, and he's going, son, he's going, daughter, I know that you're scared, I know what you're feeling, I've been there myself, but it's time. It's time. It's time for you to fulfill your purpose. It's time to fulfill what I've put inside of you. Because we gotta remember this. God the Father had given Jesus everything that he needed. If we look at Luke chapter three, verses 21 through 22, it says this, that that one day the crowds were being baptized and Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. So God the Father goes, listen, 
My son needs strength. My son needs the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. My son needs the Holy Spirit to fulfill all that he's called to do. So you know what? I'm going to send the Holy Spirit upon him. And then it says this. Then a voice from heaven came and said, You are my dearly beloved son. You bring me great joy. So what is God the Father doing? He's fulfilling. Filling him with strength and grace and the Holy Spirit, all that he needs. But then on top of it, he's saying, my identity, your identity, Jesus, is in me. And I am well pleased with you. You are my son, and I am well pleased with you. See, good fathers set their children up for success, right? And so God the Father is setting his son, Jesus, up to fulfill all that he is called to do in this life. That's what good fathers do. Now, the love of the father can be demonstrated in a lot of different ways in this life. You know, one of the ways that I look at the love of the father with my boys is, is hugs. I love hugging my boys, you know? I remember, you know, when I met Bill, and I still do this to Bill. I just hug Bill all the time. But, you know, I love when, when Bill hugs me because Bill is like a spiritual father in my life. And there's something amazing about love when you hug. And I love hugging my boys. And I, I read this article about hugs. It says, hugging is one of the best methods of ending depression. Isn't that incredible? It says when we hug somebody, hormones are released called the love hormones, and it helps to reduce stress and to make them feel calmer. Hugging releases serotones and endorphins that leads to feeling happiness and love. Isn't that incredible what a hug can do? And I know sometimes as dads, as, you know, parents, we're like, you know, that's just not me. That's just not my nature. That's just not who I am. And that's, you know, that's my dad. You know, like, I mean, I do anything to embarrass him nowadays. You know what I mean? He is so, like, anti-hug, anti-I love you. You know, I was on the phone with him yesterday because he's about to retire, and he's telling me how he sold his house. And I was on the phone, and I was like, hey, happy Father's Day. I love you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, I love you, old man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm screaming it into the phone because I will do anything to embarrass him at this point in my life because I'm like, you spent lots of years embarrassing me, so it's my turn to do it to you. But it's amazing what the Holy Spirit will do inside of you when the Holy Spirit is active and alive inside of you as a father to go, you know what? I don't care how I am. I don't care how I feel. I'm going to give the love that my children need. And so I'm going to make sure that I affirm my kids. And I'm going to hug them a lot. I'm going to hug them a lot. You know, we were talking to um, Michael uh, the other day. And uh, we have this rule in our house that the boys can't date until they're at least seniors in high school. And, and that's not like a made-up rule. I mean, like, that's like a legit rule in our house. And uh, we were talking to Michael. He's 13. And we're like, hey, do you have any crushes? You know, he's like, no, Dad. You know, and he's like, I'm like, is there anybody you're, like, hollering at? Is anybody, like, hollering at you? Is anybody DMing you? You know, he's like, Dad, no, no, no. And so, like, you know, like, we're driving down the road. It's just me and him. And I'm like, 
well, you do like girls, right? You know what I mean? He's like, yes, dad, I do. I'm like, all right, we're just making sure like we're on the level, you know? And, and then he said this, he's like, dad, I just, I'm just not concerned with it at all. And I thought, how incredible is that? 13-year-old boy, it's not incredibly excited about girls. Why? Because he gets all the love that he needs right at home. He's got a mom and dad that hug him every day. He's got a mom and dad that speak life into him. He's got a mom and dad that believe in him. I'm not afraid to tell him I love him. I mean, I will at night, I will, I will straight up hold him for like a minute and just dote over him. All of his identity is in us as God intended it to be. As a father, you know, that's one of the ways. Some, uh, sometimes another way is, is discipline. You know, the love of the father sometimes comes out of me, sometimes a discipline. You know, it's okay in 2018 to discipline your kids. Can we get an amen for that, okay? I thought it would be better than that. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 21 is, or 24 says this. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. But those who love their children care enough to discipline their kids. You know, I remember, um, I was probably eight months ago or so, we caught Ben in a lie. And lying in our house is like a absolute positive, like not happening in our house. So we caught Ben thoroughly in the moment of a lie. And I told Ben, I was like, listen, you got to get a spanking. And I know in 2018, this isn't like a high topic, you know? This is actually something that would like, you know, like if you spank your kids, it's almost like you hide in a closet and you're like, we are the spankers, but we don't tell anybody. We don't let anybody know. You know what I mean? Please don't judge us. Don't write hateful things on social media about us. But I believe the Bible. I'm not going to spare my children to what is politically correct in this world or what culture and pressure is putting upon me. And so I said, Ben, I said, we're going to have to spank you. And so, you know, I took him upstairs and I was spanking him. And, and that's really tough when, when you love your kids. I'm just to be honest, like, I don't enjoy spanking my kids. That's not like something I'm like, ooh, today's a spanking day. You know, I'll mess around with them, you know, about it, but I don't enjoy it at all. It breaks my heart to spank my kids. And so I'm spanking Ben, and he's not crying. And I can feel in my spirit this defying spirit, this rebellious spirit. And I remember the Lord inside of me said, you spank him until he cries. And I was like, all right, Lord. And so I kept spanking him. And finally, I could just see that, that moment his spirit broke. And he cried. And he was like, Dad, I'm so sorry. And it wasn't because I'm sorry because my butt hurts. You know what I mean? But it was, Dad, I'm sorry because I was lying to you and Mom. You know, I wrote this down. I want my kids 
to know God as the authority of their life. I want my kids to know how to submit to God. I want my kids to grow up to be men, not boys. Okay, And so for my kids and for all of our kids to grow up to see God as the authority of their life, they have to learn what authority is. And they learn authority through you as a parent. God placed you as parents in their lives. Moms and dads, grandparents, you are put into your kids' lives to show them what is authority so that they can learn how to submit to authority so that when you release them to go do what they're called to do in life, they know how to submit to your authority. Now they know how to submit to God's authority. You know, we live in this world right now, which is crazy. It's like this kid-led world. It's like, you know, we're just going to follow the direction of our children, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, what they want to do in this life. No, that was never God's intention, ever, ever, ever. Listen, if kids lead in this life, how is Jesus ever going to lead their life? Because they're going to grow up their whole life thinking that I lead my life. Mom and dad follow my drum, my direction, my path. No, you're supposed to learn how to follow God's path. And God will speak to you as parents and guide you and direct you. And it is your job then to help lead them. As grandparents, he will speak to you. It is your job to help lead and guide your grandchildren. It is our job to teach them authority. And it's our job sometimes to bring discipline into their life to help them, not to harm them. We're not harming them. And listen, I understand. Sometimes, I remember one time I spanked Michael, and he was like, I'm going to tell my teacher that you spanked me. I was like, you tell her. You tell her that I spanked you. You tell her I spanked you good. You tell her to come to our house, and I'll tell her to, you know. And he's like looking at me like, holy cow, like who is this guy? Because Here's the deal. God is a God that brings discipline in sometimes. As a parent, it's my job to love my kids, It's my job to have fun with my kids. You know, I took the boys to Kings Island uh, like a week ago, and I'm on this like rickety old wooden platform walking up the water slide, and the water's dripping down, and I'm counting how many people are on this, you know, rickety old, you know, uh, staircase, and and I'm thinking, is this rated for this? You know what I mean? And and there is, you know, I'm a, I don't like heights, and I'm looking through the stairs, and I'm thinking like one, you know, breaks through, I'm I'm a goner, you know, and But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I want my boys to know that I'm fun. And I want them to know that I have a good time with them. Because when they feel my love and they feel that that is fun, when I come then to bring discipline, what does it do then? It is well accepted. Because they know dad loves me 100%. Dad cares about me 100%. Dad has fun with me 100%. It's okay to discipline our kids. They need it sometimes. Number two is the love of a son for the father. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commands you. Then you will live a long, full life in the land that the Lord God has given you. This is a promise to all of us, to honor our fathers and mothers. And if we do that, guess what? We'll have a long life, 
a long life. You know, I remember when the Lord about a year ago told me, hey, I need you to write a letter to your dad and bless him and love on him and forgive him and send him that letter. Why? Because God wants me to live a long life. Amen? Even though my dad is a deadbeat dad, even though my dad has never talked to me in 30, it's gonna be 38 years in July, even though my dad has nothing to do with me, it is my job to be full of the life of Jesus and extend grace where grace isn't deserved. And so that's why Jesus says to God the Father, he says, yet I want was not, I, yet what I want is not important. I only desire to fulfill your plans. Why does Jesus say this? Because he understands honor to a father. You know, I recently heard this story. I can't believe I've never heard this story before, but I heard the story of Joyce Myers. Anybody know Joyce Myers? Listen, Joyce Myers, she's incredible. And Joyce Myers is at this conference and she's given her personal testimony. She starts sharing about how her dad abused her for I think 18 plus years of her life. And that her dad would take her as she got older to bars and um, as he would get drunk uh, in the night, he would physically assault her and then take her uh, to his car and he would rape her. Uh, she said that she probably was raped over 200 times by her dad, verbally abused, mentally abused, physically abused, sexually abused for 18 years. She said her only desire in this life was to just survive so that she could get out of her mom and dad's house when she was 18. And so she survives, she gets out of her mom and dad's house, and you know, life goes on, and, and obviously we know who Joyce Myers is now, okay? And so I think, it, I think she said it was maybe, oh man, this, it depends on when this video was shot, but maybe, maybe five or six years ago, she was spending some time with the Lord and the Lord said, I need you to bring your mom and dad, and I need you to buy them a house. I need you to take all of your savings. I need you to buy them a house. I need you to move them close to you, and I need you to take care of your mom and dad financially until they, until they die. And Joyce Myers goes, come again, Lord? You want me to do what? For my father? See, God is in the business of reconciliation. He always wants to reconcile what the enemy has destroyed and killed and stolen and perverted. And so she tells a story that she does what the Lord wants her to do. She spends their savings. They buy him a house. They move him close. And she said for three years, nothing changed. He was just as mean as a snake, just as tough as always. And it, she was just like, God, what is, what is going on? Why have you asked me to do this? And she goes on to tell the story that, that three years later, after they had made this step, one day her dad calls her up and says, come on over, and he is sobbing, and he then, for the first time in her life, asks her for forgiveness and apologizes and accepts the Lord. All because of what? She understood what it was to honor your father and your mother. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you, I, I know that some of you didn't grow up with the best fathers or the best mothers, but this is a promise that God has for you in his word. He says, listen, if you'll honor them, I'll honor you. I'll make sure your life is blessed. I'll make sure that your family is blessed. And guess what? You will live a long, fruitful life in the land that I have set up for you. And let me be honest, God's lands are the best lands. And I want to live in those lands. Worship team, you can come up. The last point is this, number three. The deep love for humanity. John chapter 3, verse 16 says this. For this is how God loved the world. He gave. He gave his one and only son. I was talking to somebody this last week, and they don't, they don't have kids. And... Um, this individual said to me, he's engaged and he's getting married and he was having a run-in with his future father-in-law. And he said to his fiance, he said, listen, there's nobody in this world that will love you like I will. And I paused him and I said, buddy, I'm sorry. There is somebody else, her dad. Her dad loves her in a way that you'll never know. It's just something that happens when you become a parent. And I think it even happens when, uh, I've seen this happen when the kids aren't even biologically your kids. Where all of a sudden, that child is your responsibility and God has brought that child into your life and all of a sudden you go, man, that's my kid. I'll do anything for that kid. I know the day that we had all three of our boys. Your world's just rocked. You're just like looking at these little human beings and you're like, I'll do anything for you. And it says this, that God gave his son, his son, Jesus, his son, his son for us. If you ever wonder, does God love me? Hands down, 100%, every day, always, 100 times over. God loves you, he 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 loves you. He loves you. I know you all struggle. You have moments where you're like, man, is God happy with me? Is he frustrated with me? Is he angry with me? He loves you. He loves you. That's what John 3, 16 is showing you. Listen, I love you every single day because that's what a good father does. A good father goes, you know what? I know you have mistakes. I know you have moments that you fail. I know that moment that you cussed out that person, but listen, I still love you. I love you. I love you. I'm a good father. I'm going to take good care of you. Why don't you stand up this morning? I want to do this. Um, I want all the dads um, with young kids that you're raising, raise your hand real quick. 
Just put it up real, real high, okay? Can we surround these guys real quick? Is that all right? Let's surround these guys. Keep your hand up, keep your hand up. Hey, Dave, will you pray over Brett? Is that okay? Some more with Dave. Listen, being a dad is one of the greatest joys of my life, but being a dad is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It's not like um, you have everything figured out. I have a lot of days where I don't love my kids properly. I have a lot of days where I yell at them where I should have loved them. I have a lot of days that I get frustrated when I shouldn't get frustrated. I have a lot of ups and downs as a dad, but it's, it's such a great joy to be a dad, but it's also tough and it's hard. And so I want us to bless our dads today. I want us to honor our dads, and I want us to just release God and heaven and blessing and favor and wisdom and understanding and peace and joy and strength that comes from the Holy Spirit upon them. Is that okay? So come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you, Jesus. Glorify you. Hallelujah.